day, everyone. It's a beautiful day in the PsyQ community. Welcome to PsyQ Podcast. You are here with your podcast hosts, Dr. Zamika Simmons-Yan and Jackie Canning, where we will spill the tea on hot topics in psychiatry. That's right. Here on PsyQ Podcast, you will get the 10-minute lowdown on what's steaming in the world of psychiatry and mental health. We ask you to listen to the episodes, rate us, and review us. Better yet, share the PsyQ Podcast with your friends, where we all can sip on the PsyQ tea and maybe have a side of lemon with it. I hope the PsyQ community is filled with excitement because we have a lot of tea to spill. On this beautiful fall day, I hope you are enjoying a nice cup of warm tea, something that gets your fingertips tender and cozy all at the same time. But I also hope you have your ears perked for this week's hot topic. October is American Pharmacist Month, so take a sip because it's time to recognize pharmacists' contributions to healthcare and share the positive impact of their work on the front lines in our mental health community. Now, we have a double treat for you today because we have two dynamic pharmacists who will spill the tea on what's going on in the pharmacist corner and sip this. They will also give us a side of lemon by explaining the role of pharmacists in depression management. So here to spill the tea, we have doctors Megan Arrett and Richard Sylvia. They are our heroes today, y'all. Dr. Megan Arrett has numerous accolades, but just to name a few, she is a psychiatric pharmacist and a professor at the University of Maryland School of Pharmacy. She is also the past president of CPNP and is the current section editor for the Pharmacist Corner on PsyQ. Dr. Arrett has numerous publications and book chapters, so you best believe I will be getting her autograph today. We also have the phenomenal Dr. Richard Sylvia, who is a board-certified psychiatric pharmacist, and he is currently a professor of pharmacy practice at the Massachusetts College of Pharmacy and Health Sciences. Dr. Sylvia maintains a practice site at the Codman Square Health Center in Dorchester, Massachusetts. Get this, his research interests include measuring the effectiveness of clinical pharmacists in novel practice settings. Now that's some good stuff. So a very special welcome to the both of you and thank you for being with us today. Thank you so much. It's very exciting uh, for that warm welcome. This is a great topic and kicking off Pharmacist Month. So happy Pharmacist Month to all those pharmacists out there. Yay! Yes, thank you very much for the warm welcome and introduction. It's great here. Great to be here today with you folks and, you know, sharing the, the excellent news about October being Pharmacist Month and talking about what pharmacists can do across different settings to help our patients with depression. So thank you again. It's exciting and can't wait to uh, talk about things. You know, Rick, I like that. So let's dive right in because I know each of you have a lot of tea to spill. So can you start off by telling us a little more about yourselves and your areas of interest and why psychiatric pharmacy? That's a great question. Um, I'm going to jump right in, Rick, and then I'll, I'll, I'll give you a chance if that's okay. Sure, that sounds great. Uh, my name's Megan. I practice 
at the University of Maryland Medical Center. We have two hospital campuses. So I'm at the Midtown campus, but cover a lot downtown as well. And we do all kinds of patient services, inpatient, outpatient, day hospital, long acting injectables, uh, treatment resistant depression, all kinds of neat things. And I'm engaged in doing a consult service wherever help is needed in those services. Uh, for the state of Maryland, I'm also involved in our Medicaid and evaluating our antipsychotic usage across the state and help serve on a couple of um, University of Maryland Searcy grants for the FDA as well. Kind of got some fingers in a lot of different things, um, but I love psychiatry. Um, it goes back to the days of students uh, when you're on those initial rotations and you, know, you walk onto that psychiatry unit and sometimes it's a little nerve wracking, right? And I'm sure Rick may have had a similar experience where they're like, the door locks behind you and you're like, can I get off this unit? Like, and it's a, just a different experience. But when so you get to meet the patients and feel They didn't that, give you keys, Megan, is what you're saying? <laughs> they, they may or may not have given me those keys to, to get out. <laughs> that ability to help a patient and to see that effect. Um, I'm not a person who says, oh, look, the numbers went down or this or that. I really love to see the patient um, get that quality of life back was really valuable. And so I, I really pursued psychiatry because I felt that connection with patients on an individual level and really loved it. So um, I had some, you know, similar experiences to Megan. Um, you know, I was fortunate enough to have a psychiatry rotation as a student. And again, just the got bit by the bug, uh, was interested in it. I loved the the art as much as science that was applied to psychiatry um, and, and caring for patients with mental illness, that it's, it's really not a cookie cutter approach with our patients that as I tell my own students, it's an N of one. Each patient coming in front of you is an individual with their own experiences and you have to take them where they're at and approach them as an individual. So while we're taking all this great, population data and these large clinical trials and guidelines, we still ultimately need to bring it down to that one person who's sitting in front of us. So, you know, as was mentioned in my very kind intro, um, I am a, I do maintain a practice at a community health center in the Boston area where I have a collaborative practice agreement and I actively treat patients referred to me for mental illnesses. And this is anything from depression, which we're talking about today, to anxiety disorders, ADHD, PTSD, um, you know, anything within the general realm of psychiatry. And, you know, again, it amazes me that for all my patients that walk in my door, or in this case, answer the telephone when I call them during COVID, um, you know, hearing their stories. And again, how on paper, they may look the same with the same diagnoses, but in real life, they're really very different. And again, that N of one approach that I really try to take on and working with these patients with depression in particular, they're not all the same. And how do we approach them and how do we understand what's going on with them and how the illness affects them on a daily basis or doesn't affect them on a daily basis if they're doing particularly well? You know, you two make me have butterflies in my tummy. Um, I could be a little little biased because, you know, I think this is very dear to me and Jackie because we're pharmacists ourselves. So I just really thank you for all that you do. 
Absolutely. And especially near and dear to my heart, since I am also a psychiatric pharmacist who practiced like both of you did, um, but in the VA system for me. So thank you both for all that you do. And so glad that you're shining your hero capes for us today. Being that it is Pharmacy Month, tell us a little bit more about Pharmacy Corner on PsychU and, and what type of resources that this offers and that are available to the community. So Pharmacist Corner is not just for pharmacists, right? It's not just our home, but for anyone to peruse because we've really tried to make the corner pharmacy focused. We have as a team pulled together resources, which at the heart of them really work on how the pharmacist practices across all settings. So I think one of the unique things about pharmacy is we have so many unique areas and Rick will tell you, you know, he works in a community care setting, uh, that ambulatory setting, whereas I work in inpatient. So two totally different settings, pharmacists doing different activities. But again, we all come together under that pharmacist umbrella. So we've tried in the pharmacy corner to have resources for pharmacists wherever they are. So, you know, what can you do in community versus what can you do inpatient? What can you do outpatient? So we have articles, interviews, webinars, all kinds of resources and collections um, to find the latest and greatest information on pharmacy um, and practicing within mental health um, across the spectrum. Um, I think there's some really great new exciting things going on. There's lots of information about medications and, um, you know, now getting them closer to home, but there's also information on metrics and improvement and quality improvement, workplace mental health, pharmacist role in the opioid use disorder, all kinds of resources. So I encourage everyone um, to check it out. Um, it's, a, it's a great corner um, if you're looking for some of that pharmacy friendly information. That's fantastic information for our listeners. And I'm really glad that you pointed it out that it's it's just not for pharmacists, it's for everyone. And we have amazing information there. And Rick, do you have any um, favorite information on there that you'd like to refer people to? Um, well, it was funny uh, in preparing for an upcoming webinar that we will be talking about in a little bit. We also looked at one of the recordings that Megan had made with some colleagues approximately one year ago, looking at the pharmacist's role in suicidality and helping to prevent uh, patients from moving forward with a suicide attempt. And um, I, I, you know, I highly recommend that as one potential resource because you know, unfortunately for some of our patients, they're at a point where that is something that they're contemplating. And as pharmacists, we might be the one healthcare provider that has regular contact with our patients. Um, in particular, in a community pharmacy setting where patients might be coming in once a month or multiple times a month, and they might see us more than they see their primary care provider or other providers, even a mental health provider. So, um, you know, being aware of what to look for for those patients, um, I think is would be exceptionally helpful. Um, again, across settings, but also in collaboration with the patients, other providers, especially mental health providers, being that contact, being that bridge, maybe being the only person that actually talks to them about it and helping prevent any, you know, occurrence that might take place and keeping them safe and alive, really. 
You know, Rick, that is so phenomenal. It just makes me want to say, hey, you providers out there, make sure you collaborate with your pharmacist. No, that's amazing. And thank you for sharing that resource. We'll make sure that that is in the show notes. So Rick and Megan, thinking about what has and is still going on with with this pandemic, the social unrest around the world, and, and even more. You know, we know that depression is really a public health crisis. So what is the pharmacist's role in specifically addressing or treating MDD? That's that's a great question. And, you know, in building off what I was just talking about, one of the first things is is being there, being present, being a person that being a medical professional that your patient can go to. Um, again, maybe the only one that they see regularly and talk to. One of the first things um, in getting patients treated for depression is getting them identified, you know, letting them know that, hey, I'm concerned about you. You know, I've been working with you. You've been coming to my pharmacy for years. You've been coming to my clinic for years, whatever it might be. And this is not your usual demeanor. This isn't how you usually present yourself. And I'm just concerned. I know that maybe things with the pandemic have been hitting you particularly hard with all of the other, you know, um, social concerns that have been going on in this country over the last year, longer than a year, really. I know that these are things that affected you, have affected you deeply. And I, you know, I'm, I want to help you get connected. So one of the first things you can do is help your patients. And we're saying patients, these are people, family, friends, anyone, you know, helping them get connected with services. Cause that's really the first step because if they never get connected, then they'll never get the help that they need. So really that's the very first step. But even for folks with known depression that you've been filling their antidepressant prescriptions for months or years, again, when they walk in the door and they just don't come across the same way, they're not as cheerful. They're not as talkative. Now, Everyone has bad days and maybe they're having a bad day, but maybe there's more to it than just a bad day. So just taking the time to just ask them, hey, is there something going on? And maybe it's a patient who's not being treated, but they're not getting their refills filled regularly like they used to. I have an example that I use that I have a, a patient that has type 2 diabetes and depression. And one of the first things I ask her about are her blood sugar numbers. Now, my role is strictly in mental health. I don't treat diabetes in my clinic, but I know for this patient, when she becomes more depressed, her adherence to her medications, her diet, her overall regimen decreases because of her depression. So when her blood sugar numbers go up, that's usually a sign that there's something going on with her depression. So you don't have to be a mental health specialist. You don't have to be a psychiatric specialist. You could really be a pharmacist just knowing what is going on with your patients. And again, in any setting. So, you know, we know that the numbers of depression and anxiety and mental illness in general have spiked over the last year with everything going on. Again, being that access point, being that touch point is one of the greatest things that you can do to help offset the, that spike in mental illness that we've been seeing. Rick, I don't know if you want to add anything, well. Megan. 
No, you said it very well, right? It's that connection point. And so for pharmacists, it's really understanding your community resources. And I think it's, it's sometimes it's hard to find those and understand those. And if you work in community practice, sometimes you might be in this community today and that community tomorrow and might be all over the place. But I think, you know, being engaged, um, you know, stepping out and, and talking to, to the, the patients, I say the people, right? I like that word, they're people, talking to the people, um, engaging them. Um, and, and looking, you know, at medications and, you know, we always look, is the dose right? Is the medication right? But, you know, those are important things. They may have been on these medications for a long time and everyone's kind of forgotten about them. Well, they're on this little teeny dose or maybe they're, maybe they're on the really high dose and it's time to come off of it. It's come to back down a little bit. So you really are um, an important team member um, in making all of those connections and, and closing that circle uh, for the patient. Um, sometimes you're the only person, right, that the patient has time to come talk to. Have this weird side effect, right, that they're not comfortable with. And so that's important, too. So, so be that connection. Put that patient first. Forget, you know, you got a million other things going on. That patient's there. Giving them their attention they need is really important. And we're going to have lots more ideas um, on an upcoming webinar in October, too, um, to help engage the pharmacists in our roles that we'll talk about today. Well, I think that's a great transition. I would love to highlight that upcoming seminar. So why don't you tell us a little bit about that for our listeners that, you know, let's encourage them to check that out. I'm really excited about this webinar. So in October, um, celebrating Pharmacist Month and the PsychU uh, theme for October, um, looking at the next crisis, major depressive disorder, um, we are inviting Rick Silva to come back and tell us more um, about the pharmacist's role in treatment of depression. So um, we're going to have some lively discussion regarding really the pharmacist's role in depression um, across various treatment settings, um, some tips of the trade that we've both found in different areas that, that work well, things that you know we think pharmacists really should be engaging in. And I think it's going to be super exciting um, to hear all of these things. Rick, what do you think? What other things about our webinar? I, I, I agree entirely with you, Megan. Um, again, I, I often hear from folks, well, I'm not a mental health specialist. I'm not a psych specialist. You know, I remember my psych lectures from years ago when I was in pharmacy school. You don't need to be a psych specialist. You know, I have my own students who ask me these questions. I have other pharmacists that I work with. And, you know, that's some of the things that we're going to try and emphasize during this webinar is, you know, what can you as a non-psychiatric specialist do to help these patients? Um, you know, there are a lot, of, a lot of resources available. There are a lot of potential ideas. And again, as Megan said, whether you're in community pharmacy, in an ambulatory care clinic, an inpatient setting, you know, wherever you are, wherever our patients are, there is a role that you can play. So, you know, we're hoping you'll join us and attend the webinar and listen to some of these ideas. And um, maybe you'll come up with some of your own that we missed. And if so, I know I'd love to hear about it. There's always new things to be learned. So, um, you know, by all means, come with your own ideas if you have some. And, you know, hopefully we'll have opportunities to uh, communicate after the webinar and share those ideas. 
I truly love it. Love it, love it, love it. All of these resources are going to be um, in the show notes. There's links straight to these resources. So, you know, I want to thank you both for spilling the tea and Topping it off with honey and lemon, I hope it is clear that pharmacists are well-placed to have a valuable role in mental health and depression management. So also, we truly look forward to more resources from the Pharmacist Corner on PsyQ. Thank you, Rick and Macon, for your contribution today. Very welcome. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much a great opportunity today. Thank you. And we look forward to seeing you both on your upcoming webinar. Yes. Happy Pharmacist Month. So there you have it. You've heard it for yourself right here on the PsychU Community Podcast. But you don't have to stop here. Definitely check out the show notes for the links to find more resources on today's discussion on PsychU.org. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to hear more hot topics right here on the PsychU Community Podcast, please rate and review us. And please subscribe so you always get the new episode whenever it drops. Also, check out our other social media platforms like Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. So until next time, thank you for listening, everyone, and have a great day.